0: Hey guys and welcome to the She Shed. I'm Jody Avery, your host for the Somewhat Educational Podcast. Today we are going to talk about poop. Well, I mean, we are going to talk a little bit about poop, but we're actually going to talk about your gut health and how it affects your mood. And so if you were to fix your gut health, it would boost your mood. And I'm going to talk to you about a lot of details and what exactly that means because it might be something you've never heard before um so i will definitely fill you in on kind of how they're connected but on the gut and brain connection i will say that it is like about to rain here so i am trying to beat the actual uh, rainstorm, because while this shoe shed is amazing, it has a beautiful tin or aluminum roof, and um, when it rains, it is so loud in here. So I am hoping to stay ahead of that storm that is incoming. So how to fix your gut and boost your mood. So this week, we're just going to talk about gut health and how it affects your mood. So, we're going to talk about how your gut health relates to your moods, the signs that your gut may be affecting your moods, and how to boost your gut health with a healthy diet and lifestyle. The gut-brain connection is no joke, guys. It can link anxiety to stomach problems and vice versa. Think of, uh, in fact, think of some of the terms that we use, like, um, I had a gut-wrenching experience or... I felt butterflies when I saw my husband for the first time. Um, Or do certain situations make your stomach hurt? When I was a kid, I used to always have to um, like feel like I needed to pee a lot when there were storms coming. I grew up in Oklahoma in Tornado Alley and uh, anytime there was a storm coming, I would always feel like I needed to pee and I needed to go and I needed to go and I needed to go. So it was that anxiety that made me feel like I, I, you know, I, you know, just made me feel like I need to use the bathroom. Um, so we use these expressions though for a reason. So um, a gut-wrenching experience, a uh, butterflies in your stomach, you know, an ex- uh, a nauseating, um, a, anxiety-inducing kind of, you know, experience. Uh, the gastrointestinal tract is sensitive to emotion. Anger, anxiety, sadness, elation, all of these feelings and, and more and others can trigger um, symptoms from your gut. So we're going to talk a little bit more about mental health um, as well during this and some very interesting links between people with diagnosed mental illnesses and the microbiome of their gut, how there is a relationship between Um, you know, that basically not that one causes the other in the sense of if your tummy hurts, you are going to be schizophrenic, but that a diagnosed mental illness, um, almost always means that that person also has, um, some tummy issues. So we all feel sad and grumpy down at times. Heck we get hangry, right? We know that that's our tummy, but these feelings are often circumstantial and they're based on what's happening in our lives. Um, But what about the times that you feel depressed or sad and there's no clear reason? Bottom line is that moods happen, and we know that, but, you know, there's more to it sometimes. You've likely heard that hormones and poor sleep and sugar can affect your moods, but your gut health also influences it as well. When we feel excited or worried, we often feel that in our stomach. We feel, uh, we get a tummy ache if we're stressed out. I like to share about the experience. When I was in the fifth grade, I was a very worried, very stressed out child. And um, I will say too, like we had a brand new teacher that year and he did not have a good classroom management is what we would say nowadays. Um, But we were also a bunch of wild 11 and 12 year olds. So Um, that year though, I developed the beginning of an ulcer in my stomach. And I had all these um, stomach aches, and I eventually did go to the doctor and was prescribed um, some. Actually, it's called it was Zantac at the time, which has since been recalled from the shelves. But you know, you used to be able to buy Zantac over the counter for heartburn relief. Um, well, I was taking Zantac in. Um, powder form back in like the mid (laughs) nineties. So, um, I had a very stressed out tummy and I was giving myself an ulcer because of it. But, um, because of the gut brain axis, your emotional state and your stress levels are going to affect your digestion in the same way. An imbalanced gut will boost your mood. So, or will um, affect your mood. So it's like this, You feel stressed out. Maybe you lose your appetite. Maybe you are on a date and it's going well. And then all of a sudden you realize that this guy is a complete lunatic. And all of a sudden you're not so hungry anymore, right? Or um, we could talk a touch a little bit about, say, maybe we're really stressed and we crave uh, some chocolate. It's kind of a similar uh, reaction. Um, But an imbalanced gut is definitely going to affect your mood. So the gut-brain axis um, is just that our brains are connected to the gut by an extensive network of neurons, hormones, and chemicals. This connection helps relay essential info on everything from how hungry we are to how healthy we are. So moving to, on to kind of how your gut and your brain communicate. The brain has a direct effect on the stomach and intestines for example the very thought of eating can release the stomach's juices before food gets there this connection goes both ways a troubled intestine can send signals to the brain just like a troubled brain can send signals to the gut so therefore a person's stomach or intestinal distress can be the cause or the product of anxiety stress or depression Um, and so that's because the brain and the gi system are intimately connected This is especially true in cases where a person experiences gastrointestinal issues, right, uh, with no obvious physical cause. For such functional GI disorders, it's difficult to try to heal a distressed gut without considering the role of stress and emotion. So again, it's kind of talking about how if we were to fix, um, help like try to fix an autoimmune issue or work on treating the symptoms of something, we have to treat the person as a whole. Just like... If you are supposed to be um, eating healthy and, and working out, you also need to be working on your mindset and how you feel about your relationship with food or how you feel um, before and after your workouts and your mindset with whether you feel like you're motivated or not. So we kind of have to treat the the person as a whole and that is of course true when it comes to the brain and your gut health. This is all linked to the health of your gut microbiome. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about um, mental illness um, diagnoses. The gut microbiome refers to the bacteria, both good and bad, living in the GI system. So these microbes have a powerful effect on your overall health. I'm sure the phrase leaky gut has been really popular over the last couple of years. Um, How to fix your leaky gut, things like that. Studies show that even more severe psychological conditions such as bipolar disorder and schizophrenia are linked to gut health. So this is one of those situations where the mental illness diagnosis means that that person is more likely to have GI issues, not that necessarily GI issues affect or cause something like schizophrenia or bipolar. I don't want you to think that I am saying mental, Um, mental health and, and diagnosable mental illnesses are like a direct result of a bad gut. That's not what I'm saying. It is more so that people who have a mental health uh, or mental illness diagnosis are going to also almost always have a bad tummy, (laughs) basically a tummy issue of some sort. Um, So the gut microbiota is kind of what we are, like what we're talking about, all the microbes, the microbiome of what's inside you or your tummy. And there was this really interesting thing where they did this poop project where people sent in samples of their poop. Yep, it was a real thing. The American Gut Project, I believe is what it was called. Um, And you can um, read more about it, but it talks about the way that they have tested and they were able to compare and just like check out the microbiome of people's, Gut by checking their poop. So, do you think that your gut is affecting your mood? How do we know? What does that mean? Do you experience any of the following? I'm going to take a sip of my water. Oh, I forgot to put lemon in that. That surprised me. I was like, wait, that's not water. Oh, it's lemon. <laughs> lemon water. Do you experience frequent headaches, insomnia, and difficulty sleeping, a rapid weight loss or gain, a reduced sex drive? poor concentration, memory loss, or or an inability to focus, restlessness, nervousness, and inability to relax. You might be a mother if that's the case. Um, Indecision and feeling overwhelmed by little things. Reduced productivity at work. Withdrawing from social interactions. That's okay, my introverts. We're not talking about you in this sense. Emotional outbursts, anger, and crying frequently. Or depression. So some of these things... Um, Or all of these things have at some point been connected to gut health. Now, that doesn't mean if you've got a headache that it's always a gut health. It could be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Um, But, I mean, there's other things that could be obviously. But these are just things that are um, caused by uh, a jippy tummy. (laughs) So, if you regularly experience low mood stress, depression... Might be time to pay attention to your gut, guys. Gut infections, candida, and other causes of dysbiosis can have a significant effect on your health. So this is the, how do we fix this? If you've got issues, how do we fix it? How do we fix your gut and boost your mood? Eating healthy, oh my gosh, it's so mind blowing. I knew, yeah, you know I was gonna say that, right? But working to improve your gut health can have a positive effect on your mental health and moods. The best way to do this is by switching to a healthy diet. A balanced diet that features fruits vegetables fish healthy fats and nice good clean water even with a little lemon that's okay too you can also kick up your probiotics which is the good bacteria um, that is in things like yogurt hummus um, or take a probiotic supplement now i will say probiotics are best taken alive so like powdered form dry on a shelf isn't always ideal. So what we want, if we're gonna specifically take a probiotic supplement, is something that is a liquid. I will say it's easier to do fermented foods like sauerkraut, Um, I feel like I just said hummus for some reason, so if I said that, please just know I was smoking crack for a second. Um, Sauerkraut, kombucha, Yogurt's a lot of um, like Activia, but there's other yogurts that have good probiotics in it um, so don't think you like have to take necessarily a Supplement, but it's suggested that you keep your probiotic intake under 20 billion CFUs per day Living healthy other ways to improve your gut health include reducing your stress levels through things like meditation and exercise and Getting a healthy sleep habit I know right working out eating healthy, sleeping well. Hmm. I know you're super shocked to hear me say these things, right? (laughs) It's kind of on brand. Boost your serotonin. Serotonin is one of the body's happy chemicals. It's responsible for good moods and good sleeping patterns. 90% of your serotonin receptors are in receptors. I can't talk. Let me try that again. 90% 90% of your serotonin receptors are in your gut. So if your body is dealing with an overgrowth of bad bacteria due to poor gut health, it affects its ability to produce enough serotonin cause it's produced in your gut. So boosting your serotonin can help. Correct your underlying gut issues. I mean, obviously you might need to see a doctor. I am definitely not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be anything close to a doctor, but, Um, I can tell you that if there are real issues that you are having, um, don't ignore the signs that your gut is in trouble. Constipation, hemorrhoids, heartburn, indigestion, other GI disturbances might be common, but they're not healthy. So there's a difference, right? Like, is it common? It, It is. Is it normal and healthy? No. So there's a difference. Like, is it common for, you know, women to have pain during sex yes but is it uh is it normal and healthy no you should talk to a doctor right so like pelvic floor issues i can help you work on your pelvic floor with exercises but if you are experiencing pain then you need a doctor so there's a difference between um what is like common and a lot of people experience and what is okay and healthy and normal and should you see a doctor the answer is yes (laughs) uh so jumping back to what um kind of signs of gut imbalance um things like that if you feel like it's affecting your mood then you need to see your doctor because your doctor can run tests to check your gut health you can request microbiome testing food sensitivity testing and even a comprehensive stool panel to rule out dysbiosis parasites yeast and other pathogens Oh my gosh, do you remember when everybody on TikTok was talking about you've got parasites? And Paragard was like a big a, made a big um, presence on TikTok where everybody was like, You've got parasites, you should take Paragard, and everybody was like, I did this, and I do. I had worms, I had worms, I had worms. And my husband was like, Yeah, we need to do this. And I was like, Look, dude. You leave me and my worms alone, okay? No. Uh, but it was one of those things that I was like, yeah, I'm totally down. If, if you guys, like, if you want to take some Paragard and deworm, just do not, under any circumstances, try to have a conversation with me about your experience. Like, I'm just not a willing participant. I can handle a lot of really gross stuff, but that is where I draw the line, like, period. I don't want to hear about it. But parasites, yeast, and other pathogens can be found in a stool sample so i talked about the american gut project and people sent in their stool samples yes they pooped and they sent it in sounds like a great time right but it gave us so much information so let me recap your healthy gut tips exercise physical activity gets your colon moving haven't you jumped up and down before and been like hey i need to poop now um can lead to more regular bowel movements and exercise can also help manage IBS, irritable bowel symptoms. Sorry, irritable irritable bowel symptoms, not syndrome. Um, Yeah, so it's funny. We used to have this, um, like, a mini trampoline, like a, you know, a single, like, low-to-the-ground one. And um, one of the, this was at the gym, a gym I worked at in college. And, like, a lot of the um, machines and different equipment would kind of have, like, an explanation of, like, what this works and how it's good for you and why you should be using it. And on the trampoline, it was like helps with digestion. And I was like, basically because you're jumping up and down, it helps you poop. That is a fact, my friends. Um, So exercise, so physical physical activity. Eat a healthy diet. Consume mostly fresh, unprocessed, and clean foods. You know I'm gonna tell you this because processed foods are already broken down. And when you eat them, they just, Are more easily broken down by your body faster and they are turned into sugar which of course negatively impacts your digestive health if you um, have like an upset tummy after you eat a large meal then try spreading out eating smaller more frequent meals to avoid overwhelming your GI tract so sometimes people have a better experience by kind of grazing with smaller meals throughout the day chew your food thoroughly because It can ease the digestive process. Have you ever like scarfed down a meal because you were super hungry, probably didn't chew as much or as well, or maybe you were in a huge hurry for something and then your stomach hurt? Probably because you partly swallowed a lot of air while you were doing that, but also you didn't chew your food well. So literally chewing your food better helps the digestive process. I'm gonna take a sip of my water. My super lemony water. Manage your stress levels. Too much stress impacts your gut health. We know if we feel stressed out in our head, we know how that affects our stomach. And you can just kind of just think about that. The next time you feel stressed out, do you also, like, is your tummy doing something abnormal? Like, are you extra hungry? Or are you not hungry at all? Or do you feel sick to your stomach? Things like yoga, meditation, therapy, and journaling have been shown to reduce stress and anxiety. So get those things done. Take or eat probiotics. Probiotics. Increase the amount of good bacteria in your gut. Yogurt, kefir, fresh sauerkraut. I cannot say some of these words today. Again, I'm a huge fan of kombucha. Eating more fiber. Aim for 25 grams a day. Drink plenty of water. Because an eight, eight ounces of gla- water glasses a day is good to start right? We all heard eight glasses of water a day is enough for a person who weighs about 120 pounds because you should be drinking half your body weight in water a day. So take your, take your, do you weigh 200 pounds? You need 100 ounces of water. Do you weigh 250 pounds? You need 125 ounces of water. Do you weigh one? 100 pounds, you need 50 ounces. Do you like how I'm using super easy numbers because that's math? Yes. Um, Limiting alcohol and caffeine um, can help because they're digestive stimulants and they can disrupt the digestive process. And number 10, yo, talk to your doctor. Super important. Tackling your gut problems with better diet and nutrition is a simple and very effective way to make improvements. And, of course, if you've got questions, um about how you can work to improve your overall health and wellness as well as manage a healthy gut i would love to connect with you because i can help you with that and so i would just encourage you to reach out to me Jody j-o-d-i-e at that is my email i am that fit chick on instagram Find me on social media as well on Facebook at that fit Jody is my business page. So just find a way to reach out to me if you've got any questions and you want some more help on that. So the American Gut Project. I want to tell you a little bit more about it just because it's kind of a fun, like it's my fun fact. Um, I always <laughs> so at at my job where I work uh, part time as a wellness coach. In a chiropractor's office our wellness program is just a really super cool opportunity to educate people and to take them through workouts a couple times a week. Um so the uh but but my my manager there, she's like, Jody, you always have your like fun fact of the day. And I'm like, I just know a lot of really random stuff and I share it with people because everybody likes a fun fact so my fun fact today is going to be to tell you a little bit more about the American Gut Project Um, it's really cool um, that they did this so what happened is um, scientists at the University of California San Diego and collaborators initiated the American Gut Project um back in like 2013 or so and they literally crowdsourced <laughs> they crowdsourced stool samples so a crowdsourced global citizen science effort um and in May of 2018 they published the first results so over 15,000 microbiome samples from over 11,000 participants From mostly the US and the UK and Australia, but also from 42 other countries and territories were analyzed. All the data collected by the American Project are publicly available without participants personal information because who wants to know the details about their neighbor's poop? Not me. But this open access approach allows researchers around the world to use the data for their own research. Um, Citizen scientists can pay $99 to get a kit to collect either a fecal, skin, or mouth sample. I'm just telling you, if I'm going to pay a hundred bucks, I'm definitely pooping in the sample. <laughs> I'm not just gonna swipe my my swab my mouth. That's so funny. Um, I just I love how they word it because it's you know they don't want to be like so poop in this jar and send it on back to us and we'll check it out. Um, But yeah, here's some interesting results. So this is the important part. Um, They found that uh, microbial diversity across more different populations is higher than in small studies, obviously. Because if you've got stuff from around the world, you're able to compare because a lot of people eat different types of diets in different parts of the world. So, interesting results. The more different plants a person eats, the higher the microbial diversity of the gut people, if it's persons, I can't read it like this, persons who ate 30 or more different plant types a week had microbiomes that were more diverse than those of people who only ate 10 plant types or less per week. So when we tell you to eat more plants, we are contributing to your overall gut health. Um, The administration of antibiotics lowered the microbial diversity of the gut as expected. So we do know um, like you've taken antibiotics and either A, gotten constipated or B, gotten diarrhea, right? Most people usually get diarrhea. Um, the, uh, one surprising result, though, was that the diversity of the molecules found in people who had taken antibiotics was much higher than in people who haven't taken antibiotics for more than a year. So it seemed to be linked to the exposure to the antibiotics. And so that was just kind of a mystery they wanted to look more into. Another unexpected result was the detection of agricultural antibiotics in people who claimed they hadn't taken antibiotics in the year prior to their sample collection. And this is specifically referring to the, the meat that we eat might still take up antibiotics, which harm our microbiome. And so now sometimes when you go to the store, right, you see like, oh, hormone free. Um, we don't use antibiotics on our meat. That is really something that comes to you. And that's why I'm not against eating meat by any means, but that's why eating more plants can help. There is definitely a comparison of two distinct Western populations revealed significant differences in the diversity of the samples. And people in the UK seem to have a higher microbial diversity than people from the US. And my friends, we know why. That is because American food is super processed and even people like Reese's peanut butter cups make a different recipe for the Reese's peanut butter cups that they make for the UK versus the ones that they sell and make in the stores here or make to sell in the stores here in the U S because they have stricter laws across the pond and the American FDA, you know, blah, blah, blah. They don't care about us. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Like there's a lot that could be done differently. And in fact, some of these companies literally have different ingredients and a different recipe for the same product that they sell in Europe because Europe has stricter laws about what is and is not allowed in their foods. And as a result, the UK poop samples were healthier than the American poop samples. So, peep, this was this was kind of the, the touch on the, the uh, mental health and depression. The researchers discovered a link between the composition of the microbiome and people with depression so um, what was interesting was that even though like two different sides of the pond here in the US and UK the samples actually proved to be consistent um, across the pond and here because the microbiome and disease strongly influence each other independent of the environment in which the person lives so depression and gut health affects kind of everybody equally in that sense. So. Something that's cool and very special about this project was um, that the data was being analyzed with the same consistent method, so all results generated from samples all over the world can be compared directly with each other, and that's so cool, right? Um, Another thing to know is the American Gut Project is part of the Earth Microbiome Project, and that's a whole other thing I'm not even going to go into. Um, And yeah, so you um, can learn a little bit more about that if you want, but... um, It's super interesting because it just talks about, like, um, how it's obvious the way we eat affects what's in our gut, but also that, that, like, people who are depressed have a pretty similar microbiome regardless of where they are living environmentally. And, of course, eating a little bit healthier if you have depression can help, um, combat some of that, um, microbiome upset, which, you know, would be helpful, right? It's a way to kind of let thy food be medicine. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I just, I, I definitely want to make sure I filled you guys in on the American Gut Project because I did some research on that when I was first learning about gut health and your mood because they specifically touched on, Um, The connection between depression and the microbiome and how it how it looks similar. So um, That is kind of it for the poop talk Um, We didn't like I know I didn't really talk about poop that much. I hope you're not disappointed Um, But if you want to come to my house and hear my kids talk about poop, then I can hook you up with that Mm. I Definitely put too much lemon in that water anyway So that is it. If you've got questions about your own gut health or you want to talk about how you can live a healthier lifestyle, eat better, get your workouts in, all from home, all um, with simple recipes and nothing that is time consuming to cook workouts that are short and effective, then you know I'm your girl and you'll reach out to me on social media or you can email me Jody at thatfitchickjody.com. I'm going to wrap this one up and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.